Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Shine Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. Across the street and around the Hello again, everyone. Glad you're joining us again. And, you know, Kenny, um, we were talking about this whole idea of, of stress. And, and there's like, as this quarantine goes on, I think there's just new stresses every day. And a big stress that, that came up in our staff meeting as we got, what was that mm-hmm. format that we were on? Well, uh, Google Hangout. Google Hangout. Yep. It's like it, this whole, whole thing has brought up new ways for us to connect. And, right. and it worked okay. Yep. I mean, we were all, what, 14 of us on there? Right. And we talked and 15 everything. at one time. That's right. Yep. That's awesome. Un- unique issues yeah. that <laughs> pop up because of that, for yeah. sure. Well, that's it. And so we found out some of our staff are really stressed. Yeah, uh, and I asked this one particular staff person. And he said, "Yeah, it's uh, it's he's really stressed because well, I mean, it's it's big, um, but yeah. Yeah. he's I, not going to be able to get his hair cut. No, for a while. No, <laughs> and, and I offered my services. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know why um, your your hairstyle would fit most I, people. I well, I feel like it would. Yeah, and um, solve all the problems. <laughs> it, it, it's." You don't have to worry about it for a while once you do it. Well, I don't want to bring up the staff person, James Namey, who has this hair <laughs> issue, but he's just, he had to wear this hat because yes. because his hair, he's not going to be able to get this haircut. But then I actually read that people are kind of stressing out about their hair because, you know, after a while, this this hair color starts fading or the right. growing out. Yes. So what do you do with that? I mean, this is another right. stress you don't even think about until you've been quarantined. No, that's true. That's true. And, you know, I'll just tell you, Galen, sometimes people give me a hard time about They're like, Oh, you don't have to worry about it because you're bald. And I like, hey, I got more hair than I've ever had. It's just all shifting, you know. It's like it's in my ears, it's in my nose, it's on my neck. And I sneeze and I'm like a party favor. It's, it's like happy birthday. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Oh man, there's no filters now. No. We're just like, you know, when you're running, you're running lower on in, in you know material. You just we just bring it all out of the woodwork. No, that's funny. No, but it, but seriously though, the serious funny part about this is is that there there are things you know quarantine brings yeah. of different stresses and you know hair and getting your hair cut. This is yeah. one I never thought about, but it's uh, right. it's a real deal. Or hair right. colored, or you know, some of the gals were talking about that. And it's like, yeah. how are we going to do this? It's it is funny how all of this has it's affected us in in a variety of ways. Yeah, and and the has. stress is like. I don't know. We kind of come up with new ways to stress. No kidding. <laughs> that's true. I've never stressed about that. Well, I might as well start now. I'm quarantined. <laughs> yeah, I got some time exactly. to stress about it. That is that is probably <laughs> it's a very truth. Well, so big shocker. Uh, my wife is is got another book that she she actually passed on, and it's a book that it's interesting title. It's called Try Softer, and it says this: a fresh approach to move us out of anxiety, stress, and survival mode. It's a pretty good, pretty timely book, I think. And into a life of connection and joy. And her name is Andy Kobler. And uh, so I guess she's out of uh, uh, Castle, Rock. Castle Rock, Colorado, which is that's awesome. So anyway, but anyway, there's, a, there's a, something that she says that, I'm just going to read this little piece out of the book. It says, research shows that, taking longer to exhale than to inhale signals to our nervous system that we are safe, stimulating the, the vargas nerve. So this whole idea, I have no idea, but you know, breathing, you know, just breathing Mm -hmm. in, take a deep breath 
yeah. is it is a it is kind of a medicinal thing. I never have thought about it before, but I think it's it's fascinating that that some people do this. Well, um, and as for a relaxation technique, mm-hmm. and uh, but the simplicity. This person goes on and says, "I love the simplicity and the significance of another name of God." Um, now this thing just went out on me. Another name of God uses of Himself, which is Yahweh which is rooted in the Hebrew letters that compose the phrase, I am. Mm -hmm. And we know that out of the reverence, speaking Yahweh's name became taboo for the Jewish people at at some point. Yet Richard Rohrer noted that it seems to mimic our very breath. And so what he's saying is, if you just take this, and you could do this in your car, you're driving along, but you you want to do this by yourself. We'll we'll do this because we're in the studio and we've, we've already... Talked about right. We've stu- broken party, the ice party, party on favors. Some stuff, yeah. yeah, you can do. <laughs> That's right. We, we can, can talk party favors. We can talk breathing. <laughs> so, but if you breathe in and just think, the first part of Yahweh is Yah. You go, okay. <sighs> so what he's saying is the very first breath you take, and the last thing that you say. So the first thing you say, you know, when you take a deep breath, is scream out as a baby, and the last thing you, you know, your last gasp, gasp is way. Um, you're wow. basically saying God's name on both ends of your life. That's, that's, that's kind of what he's saying. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's kind of cool. And Well, it is. I mean, even as you were saying that, I kept thinking about, you know, when you're breathing in like that, it, it actually is, you're relaxing, right? Yeah. I mean, you you go from that uh, hyper stress, the fast breathing to a relaxed breathing. And when you do that, that's when you're able to do the Yahweh. Yeah. That's okay. So we're going to have everybody at home practicing. You guys can okay. do this with me now. You can, okay. even the studio audience, our own Julie Fogg. So we're going to breathe in and say, and say, yeah, I mean, not say it, but it's just kind of yeah. what you do when you breathe, mm-hmm. hold it for a little bit and then exhale. Okay. And then we're just going to see if we actually feel better. Okay. 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 Well, Are you ready? So thank you for how you feel right now. Okay. Are you ready? <sighs> I about passed out. <laughs> I don't know if I feel better, but did you? You about as one different colors of blue. Yeah. When Julie's eyes rolled back, I got nervous. I got nervous. I don't know behind the glass. I couldn't get back there. Okay, so maybe on a little more. There you go. (laughs) She's she's got her her medicine with her, so she can breathe. Her asthma medicine. There you go. Um, But one of the things that I've was taught early on that that you know when we read God's word, it's a little bit like spiritual breathing. Have you ever heard Mm -hmm. that? concept before yeah it's this idea that when we we read his word we're taking it in and then we pray that word and we pray it mm-hmm. out it's like spiritual breathing learning how to read what he's saying and then say god make this true in my life wow. and so let's go back to that verse that first uh, thessalonians i think it's a great yeah. quarantine yeah. passage yeah go ahead and quote that yeah 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 be joyful always pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus okay, our lord. So we just took that in. That's just like we spiritually we breathed it in, but okay. we've got to how do we let that out? And say lord, help me to uh, rejoice always. And we start thinking about things we can rejoice in. Yeah, that's really I can rejoice in the fact that, you know, my family's together. That's one of the things I've been rejoicing over. My daughter's with us. Yeah. Uh, she's been here for and and I I hope Yeah. I don't care how long she stays. It's wonderful to have her with us right now. Yeah. So it's a rejoicing for me. Oh, that's really good. My uh, So last night we listened to a couple of podcasts. As a family, we just had some downtime and we didn't really want to turn on a TV and, and watch a show at that time. So we listened to a podcast. And you were talking about how you and your daughter went for a run yesterday. Yeah. And my girls looked at me like, uh-oh, 
you know, is this a new thing? Uh, are staff supposed to be doing that? And so we started talking about it. And, they, and here's where we landed. If, if you see Kenny White running with any of his daughters, you should be running too. Because <laughs> there's a reason to be running. There's something bad's there's happening. Something bad's happening. So I, I, so I rejoice that we're, it, there's nothing bad chasing me. No, that's good. That's very good. <laughs> so you have a certain application of that rejoicing always and, uh, and rejoicing the fact that you can hang out with your daughters or whatever. Yeah. The, but I do think that's an important principle of Scripture to think of it like spiritual breathing. You know, you talk about running. Um, you know, I always talk. I like to talk with people when I run, but I do it on the very first end of the run because I start panting so bad. <laughs> I mean, I sound like a, a racehorse. I'm just, it's like most people, my daughter didn't even breathe. It's like, you weren't even affected by this. She goes, oh yeah, I had a little bit of a side ache. Like, well, I'm not, it's not like a racehorse here about to croak over trying to keep up with her. But I anyway, know, I know it's my, just terrible. I, I, for me, it's like, you know, I must be a chronic smoker or something yeah. because I, I, I can hardly breathe. I can hardly get my breath. But we did uh, that that uh, run with God. So so that was a uh, grow group that we had, and uh, it was Wendy and Aaron, and they both they both ran and they could run like I think they could run all day long and probably talk and the just, whole time. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, "Oh yeah, you're just fine. You just you know kind of lean into it." And yeah. I mean, we're like uh, thirty minutes into this, and my sides hurting, and yep. I can barely look at them because yep. I'm embarrassed. And it's hard. I know, I can I can run and I can talk, but I cannot do them at the same time. <laughs> I've I've tried before. It's like, okay, I'll talk to you when I get back because I I'm done. I'm just trying to survive right now. Well, anyway, I, I hope that this spiritual breathing maybe that's. Really I think cool. it's a it's a it's a relaxing. Yeah. And uh, if you don't pass out, I think uh, maybe it could be actually be helpful. Yeah, I like that idea too of just taking that passage and breathing it in and uh, you know so so there's the issue of uh rejoicing but then also lord what what's on your heart you know how uh, how do you want me to pray i mean sometimes i i kind of have my list out and i'll just spend some time in prayer but i think sometimes if we pause we may hear from god in a new way or kind of get right. a, a fresh push and i don't know how it works for you galen i think people would be very interested to hear this sometimes people will say uh, god told me and oh. and I, I don't know that I've ever heard the voice of God say, Kenny, do this or turn right here or you should pray about. But I do get, I don't know, kind of a, a almost a, a thought that I hadn't had before. That's one. Sometimes I'll just kind of have a, a, a push, a nudge. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but but that that's how it works for me. Yeah, very similar. And, you know, there's times that I've I really needed a word from God and something will come. It'll be out of the blue. Mm -hmm. It'll be. And it'll be real short. I mean, it'll be so brief. It'll be just like a, just like a, real quick smack. Uh, and but but uh, uh, smack in the head was what I was thinking. But just real quick, and then but there's a whole lot of words I have to use to explain what I just felt. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, so here's an example. There's a, a young man that was, uh, I, I, he was in his freshman year of of high school, and he got cancer and. He really, all the way through his high school year, this was when I was in Rock Creek, all the way through his high school year, he had wrestled with cancer. And so I was with he and his family all the way through. And, uh, well, anyway, I think he, after he had graduated from high school, which is an amazing, is a great story, but and impacted a lot of, a lot of people in his class. Mm -hmm. But uh, his mom called me, and she said, Galen Creston just got the news that they can't do any more uh, surgery. And they've done. They've had several lung surgeries. They've taken. They've taken out spots in his lungs. It's, I can't 
I just can't imagine all the stuff that he went through, the surgeries he went through and still survived all that. But anyway, she said, the doctor said there's no more they can do. And they just gave him the news, could you come down? Well, it was probably, it was probably 9 or 10 in the evening. And I said, sure. So this, it was about a 30-minute, 45-minute drive clear downtown to First Pre- as a Presbyterian St. Luke's down in Denver. Mm-hmm. And on my way down, I was just agonizing with God, saying, God, I don't have anything for this kid. What, I mean, I mm-hmm. can't take away his pain, and I know he was in pain. I can't take away his cancer. I said, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to tell him? Yeah. I've never walked into a room like this. The first time I've ever, pretty young in my my pastoral uh, life, if you will. And uh, what do I say to this kid? Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you. It was just this flash out of the blue, and I know it wasn't my thought, so it had to be a God thought. Yeah. And and it went like this. It said, keep the cancer out of his soul. Wow. And I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. Wow. I mean, I couldn't go in and give him medicine. I couldn't go in and give him, un, you know, you know, some kind of hope that was that was not real. Right. But I could do that. I could keep the cancer out of his soul. Wow. And and the reason, one of the reasons I knew it was from God too, because I was, it was almost a pound of my fist on the stream. I was like, Lord, I got to have something. I got nothing. <laughs> what am I supposed to tell this kid? Yeah. And I loved this. I just said, spent so much time with him. He was a big part of my heart yeah. and this family was. And uh, well, anyway, I've used that more times mm. throughout my ministry. And I tell people the yeah. story. Yeah. And uh, well, when every time I, I went that night and I told Creston, I said, I wish I could take away your pain. I wish I had a healing, you know, God would heal you and I'll pray that God will and all those things. But Creston, I got nothing, but here's what God gave me is that I'm supposed to help keep the cancer out of your soul. Does that make sense? He goes, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Wow. And so every time I came into that room, I'd grab his foot, you know, in, in this hospital bed. I say, are you keeping the cancer out of your soul or how's your soul or whatever? And he knew exactly what I was talking about. And sometimes, man, he was just, he was ready to fight the world. He was taking on the world and taking on the cancer, and he was awesome. There's sometimes fear had just overwhelmed him, yeah. and I worked through, helped him work through those things. And that's how we as pastors, when we minister yeah. God's word. You know, when you, when you minister God's word, it's like it's not me translating it for you. It is actually saying, okay, here is God's word, because that word gets down to that soul. Yeah. And we read verses, we prayed together, and then when I left, I said, is the cancer out of your soul? And uh, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm way better, thanks. Wow. So that's, that's really, to me, what God showed. One of those things that God just, a real flash. Well, I use that all the time now. Yeah. You know, and I think you can keep uh, the, you know, the fear out of your soul. I think even the coronavirus gets in people's soul. And I think mm-hmm. the fear, the stress of that gets inside of people and starts grinding away. It's like, man, you got to keep the coronavirus out of your soul. Yeah, right. You know, let the, let the doctors keep it out of your, your system and your quarantine, all those things. But if it gets in your soul... You know, you can get into some pretty bad places. Yeah, yeah, and and infect a lot of people. No kidding. Yeah, in a in a in the not just a contagious way with your virus, but contagious way with your your attitude. Yeah, yeah, no, that is so good. Well, I I really appreciate that, and it reminds me, you know, just as you're you're breathing that in and and asking God, what's on your heart? How do you how do you pray? How do you engage in that? It, it reminded me that. God's word is alive and active, right? Yeah. Sharper than any double-edged sword. And that that picture, that word picture is like a, a scalpel. You know, yep. the great physician has a scalpel and he's working his his work. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really good. That's really good. Well, I know you have some other stuff too. You were... Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things that I... Okay, so I heard people talking about end time stuff and I just wondered what's the world thinking about? And so I... I did some Google search, and, you know, here's an article from the Washington Post, um, you know, March 17th, and there's another one from New York Times just yesterday. And, and 
what they're they're basically saying here's here's the headlines. Uh, this is not the end of the world, according to Christians who study the end of the world. And but it's interesting to me <laughs> that's from the Washington Post. That's from the Washington Post, and it's like wow. so. It's interesting to me that people are they're letting certain things inside of them to say, okay, is this it? Yeah. And it just amazes me that people that you know, kind of admittedly, they're in through this article. Basically, they're saying, you know, this is not where we live, but here's some experts and what they say. And some of the experts they quoted, I'm not, it's not a same biblical view that we take necessarily, right. but you know, some of the things were pretty close to where we're, where we're at. I think it's really interesting, though, that there are people, you know, presumably, I mean, the Washington Post certainly isn't a Christian no. journal. No. Um, uh, presumably, they, they're they're saying, oh, maybe there's a God, we don't really care. And now all of a sudden, it's like, well... If this is the end, I've heard them talk about the, how does this work? No, and, and actually, in this article or is that Washington Post or the New York Times article? One of those two that said, you know, the question was by the the, the reporter was, is this the time we need to, you know, get our lives right and get into the kingdom? Basically, is what what he was saying, and it just it just shocked me. The that, answer is yes. If you're <laughs> listening, young man, no kidding. The answer is yes. This is the time. <laughs> this is the time. You know, it's it's. No, I do not believe this is the end of the world. I believe this is. I believe it could be a shot across the bow. Yeah, and we just say, hey, we need to. We need to wake up. Yeah. I, I do believe those things, and uh, well, of course, I'm not. I don't know the day of the hour. The Lord said that no one knows the day of the hour, nor am I going to well, predict I've, it. I've often thought, though, how could that? I mean, how could that happen at the world level? That just seems. I know. You know, uh, that just seemed such a like a foreign idea, foreign concept. And then just within the last two weeks, like, oh, well, that, that's how it could happen. No kidding. In <laughs> the, the kind of ramifications that have, ha- have taken place globally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Okay, here's, my, here's the, what's inside of my soul when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, you know, I look at these headlines and I kind of, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. smirk and thinking, no, the biblical, you know, magnitude of the end time plagues in Revelation, mm-hmm. that's, they're, they're so massive. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying that I know, but in my soul, I'm just not, I'm just not there. I don't think this is it. Right. But at the same time, I will also tell you in the quietness of my heart, I've looked at the saying, man, there's a lot of stuff, you know, is what is God saying? And right. I, and I've actually had some conversations with the Lord, like, Lord, I, I don't want to miss something. If you're saying something, I wouldn't want to miss it. And I haven't, yeah. I would love to tell you, I've had this little whisper. The only thing that for me personally that I had that whisper was, uh, the, um, the Jeremiah 29 passage that that mm-hmm. were, that was kind of a whisper in my heart, in my soul. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you know, here's what I told the children of Israel and here's some, this is what I believe is for us, you know, take care of your, 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 your spouse, your family and, and your neighbors basically yeah. is what that was all about. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that fit perfectly. Right. Um, doesn't mean I think it's the end time. No, but I do think this may go on. You know, I think we have to prepare. That's all I'm saying. I think we have yeah. to prepare for it to be, um, Longer than maybe you and I want it to be, for sure. Yeah. Well, and and this is really the mandate of Christ, right? Be ready. Yeah. He's coming again. I, I think of I think it was Eusebius, and and I could be wrong on that, but I think it was Eusebius, the church historian, who talked about how the disciples would they they would come up on this hill, you know, just just on the road as they were walking. And they would come up and they'd look over the hill as if they were expecting the Lord. Wow. And, and you know, I just, I wanted to have that in, in my heart. And these times, hey, whether this is the end or yeah. or birth pangs or whatever, yeah. 
I, my heart needs to be ready. We are supposed to be there. That's where our soul is supposed to be living. Yep. That's exactly right. And if if nothing else, this could quicken our soul and make us make us aware. And so I think that's extremely yeah. important. Well, so one more time. I want you to breathe in. Ready? <sighs> Hope you feel better. <laughs> God bless you all. Be strong and very courageous. Okay.